If you're looking for something different, Murder Mile covers the untold, unsolved and long-forgotten murders in London's West End. It's researched using the original police investigation files, it's presented as a dramatisation and it focuses on the victims' lives in an honest, detailed and sympathetic way. Murder Mile is about life, not lunatics. So if you love true crime stories about real murders by regular people in everyday places, then Murder Mile is just for you. Murder Mile was nominated one of the best British true crime podcasts of 2018. So if you love things a little bit different, try Murder Mile. Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Aaron Plyme and Diana Seacon, where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system, but we're still crazy for a good true crime story. Aaron? Yes? Awkward pause. <laughs> you know what else is awkward? No. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. Crime Crazy is sponsored by Courtney Ellis. Yay! <laughs> David Hat. Yay! I promised I wouldn't woohoo. This is worse. <laughs> oh, well. And Paul Schrader. Hooray! Who did not email me to tell me that I had butchered his name, so I'm going with it. There you go, Sounds Paul. Good. That's your new name now. <laughs> That's right. Show sponsors support Crime Crazy through Patreon at the $10 per month level or above. Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. A special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support Crime Crazy, you can visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash crimecrazypod. Or you can buy us a coffee or a donut or like some hosting on Buy Me a Coffee. Yes. And you can find all those links on our fantabulous website at crimecrazy.com. Plus all of our adorable episode art. Yes, and our new logo art. I'm so excited. Um, should we put a challenge out there? Ooh, what is the challenge? So there's an Easter egg in our new there art. Is. Not literally, but almost literally. Right, like the fun Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Like in, in one of those Marvel movies that I hear the kids talk about. Oh, Diana, you're so cool. So hip, so in touch. Yep. All right, so if you find the Easter egg, mm -hmm. send me an email in large font, because I am <laughs> elderly, at diana at crimecrazy.com, or if you'd like to use a reasonably sized font, Aaron at crimecrazy.com. Sorry, I'm way younger. I can see better. Oh, man, bifocals are a bitch. I don't have any review shout outs this week, but if you would like one of those, go to your favorite podcasting platform of choice and leave us a review. Mm -hmm. We give shout outs for all reviews. But we like those five star ones the best. We do. It makes us all squee and happy. It's very true. It is. Literally squee, but we won't do that for you. We promise. It's yeah. Nobody needs that. No. And you can follow us on all the social medias at Crime Crazy Pod. Hooray! So, I mean, other than the awkward pause, that was better. 
I think so. <laughs> we still got an awkward pause in, so you yes. Know. Well, I mean, I do appreciate us like you slowly transitioning us in. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Also, I think um, I think if they find the Easter egg on our art, that maybe we should reward them with like a shout out, or we'll say the first three people will say their special message or something funny like that. Oh, we should. Cause I was thinking about like sending stickers or something, but, but we just do that. <laughs> I feel like we just do that for everyone. Yeah. So let's do that. So if you find the Easter egg in our new art, and if you're wondering which is the new art, it is the one that has the brown colorway. And I also just made it the front cover of our website. So it is oh. as of this moment, the front cover of our website. All right. So if you find the Easter egg in the front cover of our website, then send that to Diana at CrimeCrazy.com along with the message you would like us to read on air. That's right. Can they can they DM us or does it have to be an email just for uh, clarification? I, I mean, it doesn't matter. Okay. But any anyway, I, really like getting, I like getting email through my fancy new email address that isn't. I, it's pretty. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> it is kind of exciting. So did you learn anything? I did. And did I you like, that was a good transition. Right? That was a good transition. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't awkward at all. So I found this thing out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I've been debating whether or not to oh, tell no. you because you're still mad at me about the whole H.H. Holmes situation. Okay. Is it teeth? It's teeth, right? Yeah. Okay, let me take a drink before you start talking. <laughs> it's at least short. Okay, I'm ready. So let's say you are in colonial America. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Mid to late 1700s. I don't 1700s. have toothbrush, but I do have sugar. I mean, maybe. I don't know what you were up to in colonial America. I was busy trying to figure out how to teleport to the future where there's plumbing. Yeah, and air conditioning. Oh, God, I love air conditioning so much. Anyway, so mm-hmm. let's say you still do have a tooth. And that... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But that tooth has given you trouble. Oh, no. <laughs> what variety of professional would you go to? A vet? I don't know. It's not going to be a dentist. Well, no, because that's not a thing. Also, yeah. they couldn't do anything anyway. So uh, I asked I asked my family in-house if they knew this. And yeah. my sister said immediately, the barber. Well, okay, that actually would have been my guess. So that is most people's guess. But it would not necessarily the bar- be the barber. It would probably be the blacksmith. That was going to be my second guess. Oh, my God. I, I rock no at this. You do yes. rock at this. <laughs> it's going to be like, who else has pliers? The blacksmith. Yeah. So they wouldn't have used pliers. They would have used a tooth key, which is just about as horrible as you think it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So we're not talking about that because I did not look into it. <laughs> oh, I hate this fact so much. Right. So let me tell you the cheerful part of this fact. Um <laughs> Uh-huh. So so I've been in a bit of a funk lately, which you may have picked up on. <laughs> I hope your teeth are all okay. I think so. I mean, I haven't had a professional look at them, and I don't know any blacksmiths. Oh, God. <laughs> but so when I'm, when I'm down, I like to listen to the same thing over and over. So I've been re-listening to The Dollop. 
And there's a whole episode on colonial teeth that talks about like dentistry during the colonial era and how it became a real profession and that kind of stuff. And the thing that struck me was this fact, not necessarily because it is horrific, horrific and horrifying and and all of that, but also because I have definitely listened to that episode at least once before and did not remember that one. Oh, God, Diana. I know. <sighs> um, Related, I'm going to have to have you run my thing on Thursday and Friday because I'm not coming in to see what you're going to do to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to participate in your thing on Thursday and Friday, but I'm not running it. Oh, that's but I'll be in the room with you in front of all of those poor, innocent new hires who are going to see their very first murder. I mean, justifiably so. First H.H. Holmes and now this. Oh, wow. I'm feeling a little faint. Let's, okay. Let's move why on don't to you... like horrific death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't you go ahead and take a mm-hmm. big slug of that liquor? And talk to me about murder. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. All right. Well, Diana, I learned something as well. Ooh, good. But I learned about our legal system. Oh. God so that's what you get for talking to me about teeth. Oh, hold on just a damn minute. You didn't know for sure I was going to talk to you about teeth. Oh, I, I knew. I knew. <laughs> you said I was going to throw up while we recorded. It had to be teeth. And then I said not to do that because we'd lose listeners. I know. I didn't do it. No. It was close. I think that the moment has passed. So I think you're all good again. Oh, I'm going to have nightmares. Okay. Drink them so, away. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to snuggle my puppy really hard all night. He has no teeth. It's okay. <laughs> two weeks ago on crime crazy i finished up the three-parter on the colonial parkway murders right which are still unsolved but even though they are still unsolved there is dna and there's a very real chance that the dna evidence may at some future date give us the answers and give those eight families the answers that they have been looking for So, continuing that, we're going to talk about crimes involving DNA evidence. Is it OJ? It is not. Cool, because he did it. Well, yes, he did. (laughs) I mean, apparently there's still some debate on that. No, no. (laughs) Um, So, uh, August 25th, 1981, which falls in this magical period of time in which... I was not yet born, but you were. I was in first grade. <laughs> I or entering, I guess, August. Barely conceived. <laughs> Whippersnapper. Did I tell you that even Liam has started talking about how goddamn yes. old I am? We forgot to mention <laughs> last time we recorded about our wonderful team meeting where our boss talked about how old you were the entire <laughs> meeting. It was just joke after joke after joke about your age. It was great. There's no HR here. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty epic. Uh, All right. So anyway, this is actually a sad day. So we're going to get back on topic. Um, So Jeannie Moore was hitchhiking. She was 18 years old. She was trying to get to her job at a gas station. It was about seven in the morning. And witnesses later said that they saw her get into a car. Um, And they were able to give, like, it was a Ford something, which got me thinking that 
if I ever witness a crime involving a car, we are in trouble. I'll never in a million years be able to tell you the first thing about that car. Oh, my God. It was black. You'd think. That's it. How many doors? No clue. You'd think as much as I Uber, I would have learned a little something about cars. Nope. No. Nope. I got picked up in a minivan the other day. When it pulled up, I was like, oh, yeah, that is a minivan. <laughs> I can I can reliably identify RAV4s. Yeah. I'm pretty good at Honda Because Odyssey. I own one. Yeah, same. same. Yeah. <laughs> I have no clue what David's car is. It's a Mazda red car. Um, oh, I know Jeff's car was a Corolla because we referred to it as the Corolla. The Corolla. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, they're always like, late model, blah, 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 blah. What the hell is a late model? <laughs> I have no idea. Yes. Um, Anywho. Anyway, so they remembered what the car looked like, what color it was. It was a Ford this or that. One of them was Galaxy. I just remember that. Um, and they remember that she tried to get in the passenger door, like the driver pulled over and she tried to get in the passenger side door and couldn't open it for some reason. And so the driver, who was definitely a man, had to lean over and let her in. But no one got a good enough look at him to really be able to describe him. Okay. That was the last time anyone saw her alive. So can we just again state the date was 1981? Yeah. Which is just after the 70s, which is the decade I like to think of as everyone got killed by of the American drifter killer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Bad fashion. Lots of drifters. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, five days later on August 30th, her body was found by some picnickers who were at Jeunesse Park looking for a place to have lunch. Um, and, and they found her instead and presumably then proceeded to not have lunch. She had been raped and murdered and the cause of death was blunt force trauma to her head. Yep. So... The crime scene actually yielded quite a bit of evidence because they had the the witnesses who saw the car, which I guess is not actually crime scene evidence, but evidence. Um, there was a ton of media support. They found DNA from the rape on her body. Like there was no attempt to hide that whatsoever. Also, it was pretty early days for, for DNA. Well, right. But still, you don't leave things behind at the crime scene. Right. So um, they They tried to... To use all of this, they ran the DNA through, or they, you know, ran it through and, and got the sequence and all of that. They didn't really have anything to compare it with. And this was either early days or pre-CODIS. I don't remember when CODIS started. But there was, there was no way, like with DNA, if you don't have someone to match it to, it's absolutely useless as far as solving a case goes. Well, they couldn't even match it to the extent that they do now because we didn't really know what the sequencing was until the early 2000s. Right, right. So they could have done like secretor, non-secretor, blood type. Blood type stuff. and yeah. 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 Um, but either way, they never really had a suspect. They never really made any arrests for 38 years. Good God. That's almost as old as you are. Almost, but not quite. But you know what? <laughs> no, actually, it's older than me. It's almost <laughs> as old as you are. <laughs> Damn it. Nah, that was a while ago. <laughs> it's almost as old as you were when I was born. Um, <laughs> That's about right. Like that you didn't even deny that. You're like, yeah, we'll go with that. I'm twice as old as you. 
Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, no arrests. There was a lot of media attention. I actually, while I was researching this, watched a couple, because it's come back into the news recently, which I'll tell you about in just a second. Um, but I watched a couple of the original clips from when, right after it happened. And it was a lot of, you know, um, sort of, what is that called? Like forensic file style shows and interviews with people sitting down this is where she was found and here's her mom and blah 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 and just it was really really heart-wrenching um the mom was really pitiful like just so sad anyway none of that helped and for 38 years no answers whatsoever um now her parents have passed but she does have a bunch of siblings um I think all sisters actually I want to say there were something like four or six sisters lots of girls my aunt is one of seven girls. Oof. That's a lot that's of a girls. a lot of girls. Yeah, I have one. That's enough. Um, so this past May, like a couple months ago, police decided, you know, it's a cold case. Let's just shot in the dark. Let's try this new technology, this new thing that we're doing with DNA. And they submitted her DNA, or the DNA that was found on her body, to Family Tree DNA, which is one of those sites where you can submit your own DNA and get your genetic profile and learn about your family history and where you came from and all of this. So it's like 23andMe or Ancestry.com. Um, but the big difference is, well, there are a couple of big differences between Family Tree DNA and 23andMe or Ancestry.com or some of those that you hear advertised all the time. Uh, one of them is just scale. Because until 2018, Family Tree DNA was this completely unheard of tiny little organization that ran this service and, and no one knew anything about them. Um, yeah. Another difference is that Family Tree DNA is uh, is one of a couple of sites. That one and the other one is called GED Match, where they will let law enforcement look at their DNA or their DNA profile, their GNA profiles. It's a new <laughs> thing that they are doing um, to look for suspects. Okay, so that's what okay. the FBI did. So before I go on from there just a little bit of a, a background so um currently there are a couple of sites that do cooperate with law enforcement officials pretty much the way that it is written is it has to be them looking for the perpetrator of a violent crime and they um it's in the terms and conditions when you send your dna off they're like hey yeah this you know fbi will have access to this to make a familial match um and if you don't want them to do that you need to opt out okay ancestry and 23andme which are the two bigger ones that we hear about all the time they do not cooperate with with law enforcement it is in their policies that they can't like that's private information that that nobody can get a hand on um, however, what you can do if you still would like your DNA to be tested is to, if you've done, like, I, I did 23andMe some time ago, I could email them and have them submit the results to one of these other companies, and that would, like, opt me in, right? And then they could okay. test my genetics against any samples that they have. Okay. Okay. Um, so... 
the way that it would then work is you test against the samples. There's some overlap. They know that you must be a relative. And then investigators will sort of backwards construct your family tree to try to figure out where the actual match is. Okay. So they did this with the DNA um, that they found on Jeannie. And they found a match right away. Wow. And they were really, really surprised. Well, it was a partial match. It was a familial match. And we won't ever know who that person is because because this is evidence that, I mean, A, it's like got some amount of privacy. That name is disclosed mm-hmm. to the police. They can use that to investigate. It's not going to be entered as evidence in court because they're not trying to prove anything about the person whose DNA it was. They just used that as a tool to get to somebody close enough that they could do a DNA test. So the only thing that we know is that whoever it is that submitted this DNA was some kind of relative to Donald Stephen Perea. All right. So I wish I knew more about how they did that. Like, I wish that I could just see the chart and like really I, I find that kind of thing really fascinating maybe because my family tree is like all kinds of messed up because all my kids are <laughs> randomly adopted from other people who may or may not be related to me um but I just I think that's really fascinating going going backwards um yeah so they did manage to trace it backwards they didn't manage to find the person to test the DNA um instead they found his biological daughter Okay. So this is Donald Stephen Priya's biological daughter, and they asked her for a DNA sample. Can you imagine that conversation? <laughs> like, I. So in this case, and I'll tell you a little bit more in a second, like, I, it probably wasn't all that surprising to her. Uh, but can you imagine if it was like you submitted your DNA on the off chance or you didn't, but some third cousin twice removed did. And yeah. then one day you get a call from the FBI. Hey, we think that your dad may have raped and murdered a girl who was probably about your age. Can we test your DNA? So I got subpoenaed this week. Mm hmm for a 911 call I made several months ago. And when the county attorney called me, they didn't tell me anything. Oh, because yeah. Because they didn't have any of my information because I was a 911 caller. They had my first name and my phone number, so they didn't have anything else. And so she called and she's like, hey, do you remember a 911 call you made in the spring of this year? And you were like, like, fuck, what? No. Right. <laughs> can you tell me more and she's like well you saw something and you called 911 I'm like oh fuck okay <laughs> but like she didn't say anything until I was like right. oh yeah, yeah yeah I remember that yeah <laughs> like, you know? well so yeah do you I mean do you do you call like I mean do you do you say why you're calling do you So I don't that was my point. I'm not sure that they would. I wonder if they call, would call and say, "Hey, you know, we're from whatever police department. We're working on an unsolved case. We think a family member might have something to do with it. Can we have a chat and maybe a little spit?" Yeah, I guess so. Um but I I mean, I'd be willing to bet like that was maybe a conversation in I well, and I feel like she probably knew, which I'll tell you about in just a second. Yeah, but you can't count on that. 
like if somebody sat you down right now, it's like, hey, so think about all your third cousins. Oh Which yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was this was the daughter <laughs> of the criminal. So I think yeah. she yeah knew like she would have known if the FBI called her. It was probably about dad. Uh, that's a nice place to be. All right. So the daughter was like, yep, here's my DNA. And the police tested it against the sample. And they were able to conclude that Perea, not the daughter, but the father, was 3.3 trillion times more likely than any other <laughs> possible person to have killed more. Holy shit. So, like, so pretty sure. Him. Yeah, so yeah. 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 Um so what was another, that? Three point something trillion? Three point three trillion times more <laughs> likely than any other person. And I'm fairly certain that includes theoretical people. Right. Like, Made up people, my imaginary friend, fictional right, characters. Like any combination of genes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's that's just a crazy number. Yeah, right. So another option for this testing could have been to exhume Perea. And test his DNA against the sample, which is occasionally done, Mm -hmm. especially when it's like a super violent crime and they're, you know, whatever. Um, But since the family was willing to cooperate, they decided they didn't need to go that route. And that that match was going to be statistically close enough to say conclusively he did it. Yeah. Um, Especially since it's not like they could then prosecute him. I mean, he's he is at this point. Spoiler. He's dead. Right. But what if he'd been cremated? Well, then that wouldn't have been an option. No, but I wonder if down the road, since so many more people are opting for cremation than like full burial, yeah. I wonder if in 50 years people will be like, well, if he hadn't been cremated. Well, or will they just take samples? Like when we when we brought Tobin home from the hospital, they gave us a sample of his DNA. That Which was is like, interesting because they didn't do that with Liam. Oh, yeah, they they did. They were like, so we have it on file and you have it on file. And then if he goes missing or something horrible happens, like now we have it. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure they just told us to be careful. Yeah. No, they looked at me and they were like, here, let's let's have a backup. (laughs) Um, Okay, so here's what we actually know happened. Um, Since both people are now dead, we won't ever have the whole story right there's there's no one to ask what actually happened we can't question him but we do know that he this makes me so mad Priya had been charged with a different violent rape before this crime and on (sighs) august 25th 1981 when he abducted and killed genie he was out on bond awaiting trial for the violent rape He was 23 years old. Ew. Yep. He died in his 50s. He died very young. Um, The original rape he was then convicted of. Oh. And guess how long he spent in prison? Oh, I'm going to say two years and three months. Three years. Oh, so close. Yep. He went to prison in 1982, which I was born in 1982, but like halfway through the year. So. Right, right, right. right. Um, and he was out by 1985, which was the year my sister was born, if we're keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> After that time, he was never again arrested. And so his DNA never made it into any kind of database. All right. Which I do find interesting with two violent rapes, one of them murder, 
happening very close together. Although the second one maybe was just, I've got nothing to lose. I don't know. But that happened really, really close together. He left his DNA both times. Presumably. Well, I don't know about the first one. It may have just been an identification or whatever else. But he was essentially kind of caught both times. Did he just get good at it after that? Did he stop? Were those three years in prison like enough to change him? What what happened? Because he was alive for another 30 years after right. the, and it just seems really unlikely to me that he was like, I got it out of my system. Well, and he wasn't old enough to like age out. Like a lot no. of people, especially with deviant sexual behavior, tend to kind of yeah. age out. Well, yeah. No, he would have still been strong and young and... Well, and even at the time that he died, if he was in his mid-50s, he wasn't yet to the point Mm-mm. where I a lot mean, of people maybe... just kind of give it up. And I don't know what his family life was like. Like, I know he had a daughter, a biological daughter, that knew him and people knew they were related. So presumably he was in some way part of her life. I don't... Yeah. Like, maybe he got married and that was good enough? <sighs> But what about the wife? I mean, oh, I know. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. <sighs> but so that's why I was saying that I bet the daughter wasn't all that surprised when they called because she knew he had spent time in prison for violent sexual assault. Like, right. this was not a surprise that that was what her dad did. Also, I don't know how old the daughter was because they, they didn't get very much information on her. I didn't actually even find a name. Um, But I... I also don't that that means I don't know if she existed before the rape and the murder and the right or if she was far after right because I mean even if she was far after she could be a reasonable grown-up yeah oh yeah as I see every week with our new hires when I see that they were born after I graduated from college that's because you're really old oh it's so depressing (laughs) so that is that is my depressing story um, I mean, it's it's not depressing. Ultimately, Jeannie's sisters know who it is that raped and murdered their sister. And even though they'll never be able to confront him and he'll never get punished for it, like, they don't have to wonder. And at least he's dead. He's not going to yeah. hurt anybody else. Yeah. And maybe didn't after? Maybe. Maybe not. Great big question mark? Right. Certainly has not been linked. And now his DNA is in a system. So it would be possible to link him to other unsolved cases. Um, And none of the articles that I read mentioned anything about anyone like trying to test against it or any inquiries or like any other cases that they thought might be related which I mean it was only in May and it is now September <laughs> but well, right, but it doesn't but... take very long like I I feel like there could have been some mention if that was the case and there are 48 other cases that we're comparing to him you know whatever it didn't seem well, right to be and I f- well and I feel like that's enough time that because there was a hit, other law enforcement with some unsolved cases that seemed like similar right. might have moved that to the top of their queue to have a look. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, especially, so and one of the other things that I, I didn't mention, but you and I had talked about the Golden State Killer. He was the the reason that the investigators, so there was somebody assigned to like the cold case files and this was one of his cases and he saw that case happen and was like, okay, you know what? Let me just give it a shot. I have DNA in this case. Let's just see what happens. And that's, yeah. you know, how all this came. So, so yeah, it's definitely, that seems to kind of be how it works. Like this is big, big news. You see it. You're like, oh, wait, I have this, this, and this. Let's test it. Which I realize I talk about the Colonial Parkway murders a whole lot, but I'm just saying, guys, have you tried this route? <sighs> just not just with Colonial Parkway, but with lots of other crimes we've talked about and many that we haven't. Like, just the fucking. Mm. So, okay. That brings me to what I really wanted to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> which is I am still torn about the ethics of this whole thing and so mm. I want to I want to give you some background which I found surprising because I don't follow current news apparently um, <laughs> and also I read a couple of interesting articles kind of about the ethics and the reliability and like all of that kind of stuff okay mm. all of that being said I'm also going to bash on North Carolina a little bit more sorry guys um, all right. So one of the articles I read was really, really fascinating. And it was about how, how law enforcement got into these couple of companies that they are now into and like how all of that started. Mm-hmm. Do you know about this? No. Oh, I'm going to teach you and you're going to be mad. So <laughs> <laughs> what happened is in 2018, Family Tree DNA discovered that some of the samples that had been submitted to them were not in fact submitted by the people whose DNA they were. They were submitted by the FBI in order to try to find a familial match. Oh, that's shady as fuck. Wait, keep going. Hold on. Okay, so what happens on these sites, like I know with um, the 23andMe one at least, um, sometimes they do some sort of medical research related to genetics or like mental health yeah. or migraines or whatever. And sometimes, you know, people just do it because they're interested in their history, whatever. Uh, they will say, you know, oh, there are these five distant cousins that we found whose DNA has also been submitted through our site. And you can subscribe to this membership, fill out this form, pay me this amount of money, whatever, and we'll connect you. Okay. And so I think that's what the FBI was going for was like, mm-hmm. if we put this in there, they're going to say, oh, there are 13 people who match, you know, some part of your history. And then maybe we can sure. find out what we're doing, which is extremely clever. Like whoever had that idea is shady as fuck, but it's really yeah. brilliant. Yeah. So Family Tree DNA found out they were doing this. And instead of being like, hold on a moment, our terms and conditions, A, forbid this, and B, that's just not cool. Instead, they were like, actually, we fully support this. And so they changed their terms and conditions and never told anyone. And no one mm, reads those that things is anyway. Also shady as fuck. Right? So <sighs> everything goes on as normal, right? FBI is happy. Family tree DNA is happy. Crimes are being solved. There's all sorts of ethical crap going on. And then BuzzFeed found out about it and they, they are weirdly a decent news right <laughs> that was i was like buzzfeed wait let me find this in another article <laughs> yeah no they've broken some interesting shit in the last few years yeah. 
So they did some digging and kind of brought this to light. And Family Tree DNA was finally like, yep, no, that's totally what we did. We changed our policies. We fully support the the law enforcement using our services in order to solve violent crimes. Not nonviolent offenses, not robberies and drug crimes and blah, blah, blah. But just when somebody gets hurt, yep, come in and do it. Okay. And weirdly... This not only didn't really cost them any customers by admitting they had secretly changed their terms and conditions in order to lock people up, Mm. but they actually in some way, like they increased their catalog because people who had taken tests on Ancestry and 23andMe were like, well, our services won't cooperate with law enforcement. We want our DNA in this database to help solve crimes. And so they've submitted their genetic profiles. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I just thought that was really interesting and one of the articles i was reading put it as basically like apparently americans are really good with sending their family members to jail (laughs) but what they pointed out was i mean a it's not a terrible thing if your family member's a violent offender like maybe it's good that they go to jail but also maybe not show up at the next family reunion right b you're probably not sending your brother who you love dearly and had no idea he was a serial killer to prison. It's like your fifth cousin twice removed that you've never met. Like it's not somebody you're, it's somebody you're related to. You can feel like you're contributing, but it's not going to actually affect you. Right. And so it's pretty removed. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a, a big thing. Well, and even if it was you, you don't know that it's you. It could have been your fifth cousin once removed that had the DNA that put your brother in jail. Sure. Or it could have been yours. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. There's some plausible deniability there. Right. Well, and I don't know if it's so much. I mean, I guess some of it could be like guilt over like, what if they find out I've done this? But I think. Well, or that, you know, I've subjected them. I mean, not that it's rational, but I have subjected my serial killer brother to prison. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. And you don't have to take the personal guilt. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So I'm thinking about this and I do not approve of the way that it was done. That was shady. No. Um, Mm. It was very smart. Um, Ultimately, I believe that everybody involved believed they were doing a bad thing for a good reason. Mm -hmm. At least I really, really want to believe that. (laughs) Um, But I still have some issues so we were having a conversation about the ethics of dna profiling this way and um and talking about like reliability and um you know whether it's sort of violating someone else's profile or um, personal like privacy because your profile overlaps with them and you know basically i could you know if everyone submits their dna then you've got they can build your profile, reverse engineer it, and all of that. Right. Um, but so I was reading this other article. <laughs> Actually, I read a couple other articles. I, I went down a rabbit hole on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them had done some polling to find out how people felt about this. And I thought it was really interesting. So they polled about 700 genealogists who obviously are in favor of constructing family trees because that's what they do. Yeah. Kind of their whole thing. Right. And 85% of that group said they were at least relatively comfortable with this kind of DNA matching. Mm-hmm. So then they polled a broader group. Baylor College of Medicine did a survey of about 2,000 people that were just like, 
everyday people. And 91% of those people were in support of this kind of testing when it was in relation to violent crimes and 46 mm-hmm. for nonviolent offenders, 46% for nonviolent offenders. Um, however, more reading turns up that in the, in describing what the technology was so that they could ask people if they thought this was good or bad, they gave an mm-hmm. example which was the Golden State Killer. And uh, so the fact that 91 people were like, well, hell yeah, is probably biased. Well, yeah. This is how we caught the Golden State Killer. Do you think this is a good idea? Fuck, yes. that's a good idea. Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> Can we catch him again? Right. So here are my concerns. Um, the DNA evidence has also been shown in polls and in studies, especially of like prospective jurors and all of this, to be one of those kind of buzzwords, right? If I'm the prosecutor and I say, we have DNA evidence that proves so-and-so did it, then as a juror, I am more likely or they are more likely to stop listening at that point and be like, well, then he's guilty. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot better technology than there was 20 years ago, but there's also a whole lot more crime drama and a whole lot more like forensic dramas and I mean even true crime right which is only ever going to show these things um and so people think well DNA is like you stick it in a computer and it says yes it's you or no it's not the end but there's actually so much human interaction involved that this is where I get iffy right because people on juries will stop listening when you say there's DNA evidence and they won't then listen to things like well here's how it was collected here's how it was handled here's the potential for lab error here is where corruption may have come into this here is you know maybe we did all of those things right but that DNA happened to be on the victim that does not necessarily mean it was the murderer's DNA like in the case of a rape that's different but you know I come in contact with somebody there is the slightest potential that person is not the one you know left their dna without right. being the one who then immediately killed me um also right. at least of 2016 in some states <clears throat> north carolina labs were given a stipend or a bonus for any samples that they ran that produced a conviction six hundred dollars per conviction so i'm a lab who is supposed to be completely unbiased but i know if i tell you what you want to hear i get a bonus whose stupid fucking idea was that i will just say that when i did the research for untested rape kits north carolina had more than any other state (sighs) except for the people that we know and love in north carolina i know y'all are crazy Stay to yourself. I have spent a lot of time in North Carolina. I actually <laughs> I really love enjoy North it. There. <laughs> but what the it's hell, guys? Pretty. You need to work out your DNA issues. Like, I'm not feeling like, safe. Like, right now. Also, like, basing any sort of reward on a conviction, have we not thoroughly proven that that is always a bad fucking idea? I don't see, I don't see how you could justify it at all, honestly. Like... No, I don't get it. I I can't think of one reason why that would be okay. I no, mean, if, if it you doesn't want to convince ins- you to cheat the system or to give me false results in some way, right? Which I'm hoping $600 would not convince you to do that. But 
even if it doesn't. How much is the average lab worker in North Carolina making? Well, I'm, I have a guess. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, I make decent money and I, I wouldn't turn down $600 because our boss thought I did a stellar job today. Right. But you also wouldn't send someone to prison for $600 you if you know. knew that they didn't. I mean, it depends who it is. <laughs> Yeah, I swear. There's some people I'm I worried <laughs> But but also, I probably it, wouldn't. How on earth is it the DNA's? Like, how is that doing a better job or not? The lab. Well, and and that's the thing. This is a pretty binary thing, right? It's not like handwriting analysis or even fingerprint analysis, which is really subjective. It's not as binary as you think. But it should be. You take the sections, you line them up, they match, they don't match. Yeah, but it's not. So it is becoming more and more as we get computers more involved in it. And I couldn't actually find a lot about what the state of that was at the moment. But as of like four years ago, some of the articles I was reading, it was very much like fingerprint analysis in most cases. There were sort of two options where... On the one hand, you have people look at it and say it's a match or it's not a match, and they didn't always come to the same conclusion. Or right. there were some computerized options, but they were still sort of in that black box, like, we're going to give you the DNA, and then you're going to give us the answer, but no one will tell us how it works. So, mm. yeah. And I, I think it has, I mean, I know that it has progressed leaps and bounds since then, but that's only a couple of years ago. Well, right, but it also seems... I mean, I'm not a professional of anything, but, you know, once you sequenced and you knew what goes where and what the different options are, I'm just really surprised that there's still that level of human interaction. I think a pure DNA sample taken from one person, like if I spit into a vial and send it to Ancestry.com, is very different than DNA collected from a crime scene, where it's probably a mix of a bunch of different samples, or at least several different samples. And you may not have very much of it. You might have to, you know, they can take these itty-bitty little samples and replicate genes and get enough to then test, which then my brain is just like, Oh my God, I just, this seems like an area for things to go really wrong. And I don't know anything about it, so I don't know. But, but yeah, no, it, it's, I think it's messier than we think it is, or at least it was a couple years ago and we've been putting people away on DNA evidence for a lot longer than a couple years. Well, cause it's the gold standard, right? Yeah. Like we've figured out that almost everything else is garbage. Yeah. Well, and this is not garbage. It's absolutely like definitive if, if everything right. goes right. Right. And I forget what the case is. Maybe you know. There was one really early on, I want to say in the 90s, where they linked all of these crimes together. Like just tons of crimes all over the country. They were like, oh my God, we have this super criminal on our hands. And it turned out it was DNA transfer from somebody that worked in the plant that like did the swabs uh, yeah which i don't remember who it was but i remember hearing about yeah. that that it was yeah like some dude at the plant that right. just touched everything that just touched everything <laughs> but but even and not maliciously just like touched everything yeah, yeah he just wasn't particularly careful 
Right. <laughs> even stuff like that can definitely happen, right? Like there's all kinds of things. There was a, a case that was overturned recently where after I don't even know how many years this guy was in jail, they went back and they looked at it again. He got some sort of appeal and the lab ended up admitting that they had swapped his sample and like the perp DNA in the lab. They'd gotten them mixed up. So it was a perfect match because they tested perp DNA against perp DNA. And then they sent him to prison. Like, there's just so much room for human error, right? If it was, if it was just magic, <laughs> it would be fine. Right. But there are more, people I involved. Really thought it was much more automated than this. Well, and I think I think it I think it is much more automated since the information that I was just reading about, right? Because I know like it has changed so much just in the past couple of years, even like the ancestry.com type sites have changed so much in the past couple of years yeah. i get updates all the time about like all these things that i guess i believe um but <laughs> but regardless it still starts with a person taking dna evidence from what is almost definitely not a pristine scene right and then there's handling all the way and even if a computer does all the matching then there's handling on the other side like it's so yeah. full of people so I don't know. I would really, really hate to ever think that I contributed to a relative or any person being convicted of a crime they didn't commit because there was a mistake in, and I realize it wouldn't be my fault, but there was a mistake in DNA evidence and they used my DNA to link those people. Right. So I was surprised when we were talking about this earlier, um, much like I was when this whole cell phone, like the government spying on our cell phone thing happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when, when that broke, I remember being like, Duh. oh, I assumed they were doing yes. that. Like I didn't. Was this a secret? Oh. I know. Um, like with the I, echoes. Right. Like, of course yeah. it's listening to me. Obviously it has to listen listening. to me. How else does it know I want it? Right. Um. So when you told me that Ancestry and 23andMe, which I've used neither of, um, didn't cooperate with law enforcement, I was surprised because I kind of thought everybody did. Yeah. Um, and I'm also surprised that that hasn't been challenged, that, you know, law enforcement somewhere might have reason to believe that 23andMe and Ancestry has something that could help them and they subpoena it. Maybe, but I am willing to bet that if their stance is that we're not, that this is private information and you signed a thing saying it was, pri you understood it was private information, that that they put up a pretty good legal defense to knock that down. Very much but, like recordings from the Echo that Amazon was like, we don't have them, we're not going to cooperate, we, there's nothing to give you. Which may be true, or it may be a total BS, but either way, that's right, their reputation. But, right, but my doctor's notes can be subpoenaed, even a psychiatrist's. Yeah, no, that's You know, true. my employment records can be can be subpoenaed. And unlike some of the information I may have given my doctor involuntarily, because I don't really know what they're looking for when they take eight vials of blood. Yeah. Like, I've spit in a tube. I understand I'm sending my DNA out of my home into some place. Into some place that's going to immediately create a report. Right. Well, That's going to look at it and going to do things about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't... <sighs> Maybe because I assumed it was happening. I don't particularly have a problem in, 
you know, if I send him my DNA and it's somehow used to get my fifth cousin, what's his name, on a murder, like, cool. If he did it. I, I mean, it's my cousin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've met me. Guys, Diana portrays herself on this podcast <laughs> as, like, kind of a monster. She's not. Wait, what she do you mean knits? on this podcast? <laughs> she has an adorable family, a beautiful old home. Covered in hives. She's covered um, in hives. Oh, my God. I don't know what that has to do with her criminal background, but, you know. Nothing. I'm just very itchy. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I guess I don't have a particular problem, but especially because the more I learn about, like, how advertising works, which I try not to learn a lot about because it's very infuriating. Um, yeah. Like, we're going to get to the point where they're going to figure that shit out anyway. That They're going to look at my target spending habits and be like, you know what? I bet that bitch is about to murder somebody. But, you know, you've heard of the, the Target test case. I don't want to keep picking on Target, but they're really good at it. Of the, you know, the Target ad that figured out the girl was pregnant before anybody else figured out that yes. she was pregnant. Yeah. Um, They're going to start figuring out that behavioral shit and applying algorithms. Oh, yeah. You know, so, it's you know, so... DNA is easier than behavioral algorithms. Yeah. We think by the fact that she bought, you know, two bags of Reese's peanut butter cups instead of her usual one bag of Reese's peanut butter cups. That this means that there's going to be a vehicular homicide in her near future. <laughs> that you know, sounds and I think legit. It does. Um, I do love my peanut butter cups, but like, I feel that's a lot more iffy. Yeah. Than something that actually has some science based rather than behavioral based. Because the one thing that I learned in all of the economics classes I took in college is that all economic models are based on the behavior of the reasonable man and not a single human acts like the reasonable man. Right. Absolutely. I just would feel so much better about the DNA part too if there weren't so many people involved. And so that is what brings me pause because I did not realize there was still so much handling to this. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, even like on a crime drama, there has to be. There has to be so much handling of it. Yeah, but you seem to forget that I don't watch a lot of this. Well, okay, Diana, and back in the, let me tell back you. Back in the X-Files days, like DNA wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. <laughs> even on Criminal Minds, there's a hell of a lot of handling. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to take your word for it. No, I, but yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. I just wish, I think that everyone really wants to believe that there is now some sort of answer. Like we progressed technologically. We have learned from our past mistakes. There is something concrete that we can say, you know what, if nothing else, it's this. Because it's not witnesses. It's not nope. fingerprints. It's nope. not lie detector tests. Like all of these nope. things we wanted it to be. And it's definitely it's not, hair, not. It's not fiber. It's not blah, 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 blah. Right. So at this point, is it DNA? And I think everyone is like, oh, yeah, it's DNA. Thank God we have DNA. But I just. Yeah, but we're not about paranoid. I know. I know. I, I'm not like a conspiracy theorist. Like that's not where my personality goes for the most part I am on the side of law enforcement and solving crimes and like hope that everybody really is doing the right thing for the right reasons but this podcast has made me a skeptic oh <laughs> uh, and I started out as a skeptic but you know I don't know when you think about the things that our grandparents held as truths 
I know. And it's it's fun to think sometimes, like, so, you know, my kid's 10. I'm 44. Yeah. Like, when I was 10, we hadn't found the Titanic yet. I've been listening to the last podcast series about Mormonism. And... Um, Marie would be so proud. I We've been talking about it. Um, but one of the things that they mentioned was that when Joseph Smith found the golden plates and translated them... He said that the language was reformed Egyptian because at that time, this is pre-Rosetta Stone. Oh, so no one could be like, that's bullshit. Right. And he assumed there would never be something found. Egyptian was just a lost language. We weren't going to decipher it. We had tried so hard and we didn't get anywhere until the Rosetta Stone. BT dubs, which I saw in England. Amazing. Oh, okay. I'm jealous of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's not an easy question. I thought it was a much easier question when you asked it earlier. I know. Well, you made the comment when we were talking earlier about, well, I don't think we need to question the technology. It's the, you know, it's the ethics and the privacy and the blah, blah, blah. But the technology is good. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's totally, of course the technology is good. And then I started reading about it. I was like, oh my God, it's not good. Yeah, (laughs) no, it's not. So, so I'm sure we'll get a million corrections about everything that I just said. But I, I swear I read a lot. We're amateurs, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really interesting. I wonder when we'll start seeing overturning from mishandled DNA. Well, it's happening. Ah. It, it actually happens a lot. Um, one of the articles I was reading, which is a broken record, one of the articles I read, um, was talking <laughs> about, and I'll link all of these in show notes, So, and they are all also all linked to each other probably, um, but it was talking about a, a mom who um, her son was sent to prison for a rape, and she just knew he didn't do it. He, I think he was a minor too at the time. He was like older, but but still young, um, like 16 or 17. And she just knew that he didn't do it. And then there was this news show that she was watching and it sort of shed light into here's how all of this was messed up and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I knew it. And then appealed and managed to get him out. But the, in, in that case, in his case, it was the samples were compared there was some overlap because here's the thing. It's not like everyone in the Seacon line has these genes only and everyone in the Plyme right. line has these genes only. There's overlap. We share some, some genetics. Sure, a lot. We do. We share most of it. But even in the sections where there are going to be differences, it's still a finite number, right? right? And so there's still some overlap. So he was not a match, but there was some overlap and prosecution made a big deal out of that and even though the person who tested it they gave her name in the article and quoted her and everything was like I knew like it wasn't him it wasn't a match but it was there was enough of a match they convinced a jury there was a match I don't know why that was okay to even bring up and if there was not a conclusive match I feel like the judge should have thrown it out but I also know nothing about the legal system Well, but so this goes back to something that I think about every once in a while, which is, is it time for us as a country and maybe other countries, but I know even less about their legal system than I do about our own. Do we need to rethink the kinds of professionals that we have as judges and jurors? Because I feel like 
if I were called on a case with any sort of anything, really, like, I feel like I wouldn't know enough to make a reasonable judgment, especially if it is something like a very long prison term that is going to ruin somebody's life. If it's something like that, where the lab tech is saying, is like, uh, you know, this is still totally in the reason of error. I don't think this is a match. But the judge must have looked at them and like, nope, throw it in. It's good. What is that judge's level of competence in yeah. understanding that sort of material? In theory, he's a lawyer, not a scientist. Like, legit. Uh, in practice, um, he's a lawyer, not a scientist. Which I think is a, well, yes. it, it's a big part of forensic science issues. That's why now we're like, hmm, fingerprints, no. Fibers, no. Hair samples, no. Handwriting analysis, right. no. Polygraphs, no. But Because it, it wasn't a scientist who let it in. Well, right. But also, what about jurors? You know, I understand the theory of jury of your peers, which we have perverted beyond its original meaning, because the original meaning was the people that know you and know your pattern of behavior and what should happen. Yeah. And now it's people who don't know anything about anything that's going on. Right. But are in some ways similar to you, but mostly whichever side of counsel chose the better, like, jury chooser guy. (laughs) Well, and who didn't have a jury poll full of people that were able to make excuses to get the hell out of it? Yeah. Um, or, you know, knew the right words to say to get the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, so with all of that being said, I feel like I'm pretty smart. Mm-hmm. If I got called for a jury where you really had to dig into the forensic evidence and decide what's true and not true from experts... When I've just heard about this shit yesterday. I know. I don't think that's fair to anybody. No, I agree. And I would like to say that the answer to that is if there's reasonable doubt, then they get to leave. Like, you don't put them in right, jail. But, but I know but that. can I make an informed decision about reasonable doubt if I don't understand what they're telling me? I know. And that's like, I am college educated. I'm pretty smart. I'm able to do my own research and understand what good sources are are cited. And I would like to think that I'm not in the minority, but I kind of think I might be. I think so. I think, I think so. Well, and I think you also have an interest in it, right? And a lot of those people failed to get out of jury duty. Well, and that's the other thing is I also know exactly the right things to get me out of it. Yeah. But I never would because I'd like to be on a jury just so I could watch everything. I will say, right, I will say that that is the difference with DNA. And that's like the difference that people cite with DNA is that it's not science that became science because a lawyer and a judge were like, yes, this counts as science, which is how almost all of the rest of forensic science came about. It went the other way. Like it was science that they were like, we could use this in a courtroom. And so that in itself seems to give it a whole lot of credence and right but again not to harp on oj but it was the first like public case where dna Mm. was really called into account and you had a jury that's like "Mm, i don't know about this science bullshit right even though they're up there being like okay so you have this string of information in your body and if we take it from your body and we take it from a crime scene and they look the same that means it was you right unless you're an identical twin then it could be the other one but we don't think he is right (laughs) <laughs> yeah and even then the jury was like so it was all over the crime scene and the shit in his house nah right no i know 
which is sort of the opposite of what the trend is now which is like there was dna at the crime scene he did it it oh it didn't really match it he still did it there was dna you said dna right well the prosecutor prosecutor said dna this is going to be a quick one the people had dna awesome yep convict yep (laughs) all of them (sighs) so i feel like that was a great discussion it also was a good way to wrap up september because guess what it is (gasps) is it crime cozy diana it's crime cozy this is our last Uh... september episode Put on a sweater, light a candle, drink have a pumpkin some mold cider. Latte. Oh my god! If you're okay. into that, <laughs> I just want to. I just I have to point out <laughs> the difference in generations that is happening here. <laughs> <laughs> my millennial so, self recommended pumpkin spice latte, which actually I find revolting. And you went I all for mold cider, you old woman. I know because I love the way it smells. So yeah, Crime Cozy next month, next episode. Yay. We're going to tell you about horrific things that you are probably scared of. It's true. And we're going to do it a little bit differently if you joined us last October. This time, Erin is going to tell you terrible, terrible, terrible things. I am. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to mostly go with, I mean, they are certainly terrible, terrible, terrible things, but things that you might have a legitimate fear might happen to you. Like when you think of crimes you may fall victim of that scare you, those, Mm -hmm. those are the ones I'm going to pick. And then I'm going to tell you, they're probably not going to happen. And if they do happen, we're going to talk a little bit about how to maybe stop it or prevent it. That was a bad sentence, but you know where I was going. Right. And also how... you can protect yourself against those crimes. Yes. There we go. Also, do my call to action is do some research on on the whole genetic DNA, like mapping and whatever that word is that I'm trying to say, police using your, your genetic data from websites to make familial matches and all of that. Figure out where you stand on it. And if you feel like this is a good thing and you feel confident that it is not at least any more damaging than anything else, <laughs> you can go to Family Tree DNA and you can have your profile submitted so that it can be tested against suspect DNA. Help identify violent criminals. Interesting. Now I kind of want to. Yeah, <laughs> I had I before, I, but now I kind of want I to. I think I kind of want to. Yeah. Um, also, if that's something that you're interested in and you don't want to pay for the tests, there are ways to do that as well. Um, I actually did not pay for mine because I participated in some medical research. So they used my profile. I answered a bunch of survey questions over the course of like six weeks. And then they matched up certain genetic markers to see if that played into, I think my, I think I did migraines was a migraine study. Cause I don't know if y'all know this, but I get migraines. (laughs) I've heard. Yeah. I have heard. We've missed a couple episodes. Yeah. So you can do that. And then I think also, I'm fairly certain the Family Tree DNA one has an option where you can just submit your DNA. They, I don't know that they'll necessarily give you any profile information, but they will submit it to that catalog so it's available for law enforcement. Oh, that's cool. Yep. And? Do you want my advice? Okay. Um, so it's going to start as a bummer, but it gets better. Oh, God. Um, one of my favorite comedians died the week before Jeff did. 
Uh, it was very unexpected. He was young. He's 32 years old. And apparently the Emmys happened last night, mm-hmm. which I found out about because I care so much about pop culture. I found out about because he was in the reel of people that had passed away during the year. So people uh, in the, the groups on Facebook were posting screenshots mm-hmm. of um, Kevin Barnett being honored in this way. And so I was thinking a lot about him today because he was a really great comedian and he was taken from us too soon by stupid disease. And um, and he died right before Jeff. And I remember at the time thinking, you know, you make friends with these podcasts, mm-hmm. even if they don't know it, you know, they're, they're the friends in your phone. And I really thought Kevin would be with me to help me through this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not. So my advice to you guys is this. Go watch a comedy show. Yeah. Or listen to a comedy podcast by like real comedians, not us, like actual comedians. Yeah, funny people. Funny people mm-hmm. um, who aren't horrible monsters like me. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, maybe they are, but they are at least a little younger. <laughs> I was going to say younger. funny pictures sometimes amusing. So. I, I am occasionally funny. Um, go listen to a comedy show and then go hug your people. R.I.P. Bird Luger, hail yourself. <laughs> Call your people. Call your people. Check in on them. See if they submitted their DNA. See if your third cousin's brother was arrested. He would also be your third cousin, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, unless the third cousin's mother is a baby snatcher. True. Then, you know, all bets are off, genetically True. speaking. True. <sighs> And regardless of what I might tell you in other episodes, don't end up on next week's episode. <laughs>